1: Thanks for tuning in to Midweek Jam with Rhonda and Julie. I am your host, Rhonda Holman, with my super special, awesome, and amazing co-host, Julie Varney. We are both dental assistants in the world that have been doing this a long time. We may not be experts, but we sure are old. And what we're doing is we're going online, and we're finding that uh, some dental assistants are running into humps in their career field with their team, with their doctors. We're dissecting them. We're pulling out those pearls, and we're helping you get over the hump of the week Wednesday. Well, hello, Miss Julie. Happy Hump Day. Happy Hump Day, Rhonda.
0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Vietnam. No, I don't know. That's completely <laughs> misinformation. <a> <laughs> That's okay. We can we can throw we can splash a little Robin Williams in there. That I know. A
1: funny movie. Oh, you know, you know, everybody's talking about like the Aladdin remake mm-hmm. and how. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of people were worried that they were going to compare it to the old genie, but I haven't seen it, but from the feedback I've gotten is they've actually done a really good job kind of transforming the character so that Will Smith is more believable as the genie. So I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. Maybe I'll go watch
0: it. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen it yet. We are going to go see Toy Story next week, but we haven't seen that yet either. So I love funny movies, though. I love funny movies.
1: I know. You know, there's some movies that can totally pull off sequels. And then there's some movies that literally, if, I mean, it just, you ruin the first one by making a second one kind of thing. <laughs> I know.
0: Like, ah, uh, Top Son is coming out with another one. And oh, Topson's no. I get it. But, come uh, on. Yeah. Wreck, don't wreck the first one. Like, oh. Don't, don't, you know, like, they did with Dirty Dancing. Yikes. I know. You know, there's only one Dirty Dancing. Don't remake it. Don't change it. Don't bring it back into the now. No, 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 no. Just leave it the way it is. <laughs> you know? You but know, maybe, maybe idea, that's... Uh, yeah, let
1: it be a one-hit wonder movie. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Some people, one you know, if it's a remake versus a sequel. Like, if it's a sequel, people are probably a little bit more able to adapt to the storyline. But if it's a remake, right. especially like when they did it with uh oh, what's that movie? Oh, it's horrible. It was so bad. Um, nom 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 nom. Oh, 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 whoa, oh, 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 the Disney did it with the twins. What, who were those kids? Um, oh, I'm not sure. It was it was like they were twins, and I just remember from like a lot. But you know, I was a kid too. It was, uh, you know, they had, they, they were split, like twins split up at birth and then they found each other,
0: double trouble. Does that sound right? And they Maybe. remade it
1: and it was horrible.
0: Ugh. yeah. You know, some things are just better left alone. <laughs> like composites, Is right?
1: If your composite That's works right. amazing and your doctor's like, "Ooh, let's try this shiny new object. And I'm like, No.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't be these shiny object chasers because it's more likely that they go in it, go in it with blinders on, thinking it's going to be this amazing product, but they really don't read or research. They just wing it and start using it, and then it's not really what it's just up to be, right? I know,
1: right. Well, I was just watching this Facebook Live earlier with Aaron Elliott, and they were talking about Omni Chroma. Have you tried it?
0: No, I have not. I did order a sample. I have not received the sample yet. So have you tried it?
1: No, I have not.
0: Okay, (laughs) so why did Dr. Elliot...
1: We're just going to stick with A2 Sonic Fill for posterior uh, anything.
0: So what did Dr. Um, Elliot say about it?
1: Well, they were just talking about it. um, It's uh, a ability to, you know, adapt to any color that the tooth structure is. Um, Like a chameleon. Chameleon has it, right? Which is nice (laughs) because instead of having 14 different shades... You've got, you know, you can keep like one or five at the top, you know, you always need that D shade or these really random ones, but, and, and that's the whole overhead thing. Like, yes, ideally it sounds amazing. Like if, you know, the early science (laughs) says it's awesome, let's just see how it plays out. If anybody has any sensitivity or complaints on wear and stuff like that, because that's what I would think is like, if you can make it a chameleon, does that mean the particles are smaller and that the attrition rate wouldn't be as good?
0: not exactly sure I mean it would I mean it would say that but it actually it would probably have to be the particles would have to be bigger because they would absorb more yeah so I think the particles have to be bigger to absorb and reflect all that light so if there's little itty bitty 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 glass particles or maybe I have to have more I'm not exactly sure but that would be nice if they could do that for Emacs blocks.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: you know, we have a waffle that we hardly, <laughs> hardly, ever use them and we use the same A2 or a 3 or A2. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on now. Can't you make an Omni chrome emac block that just adapts to whatever the adjacent teeth are? That would be awesome.
1: That would be awesome. You know what? Let's go one better. Let's start implanting tooth buds. Be like, oh, this tooth is compromised. It has a fracture line or any bit of decay. Let's go ahead and implant a tooth bud. And here's the thing that I've read is really cool is like they can actually do that. They can figure out how to do stem cells to where they can implant a tooth bud. But the problem is they cannot determine what tooth will grow. How does your body know that? How does your body know that you're putting a molar in a molar spot? You know, like it just blows my mind that they can figure out how to regrow a human tooth like they did with the ear on the rat but they can't determine what type of tooth will grow so you could end up with a molar on number nine so it's not quite there yet
0: well <laughs> yeah, eventually they will they, eventually they will find it out that there is a, some type of dna or the chromosomes align in the right way or whatever it may be the cells, certain cells that certain cells go into certain sockets
1: yeah, they'll Broature. be able to determine, you know, at what stage yeah. does the tooth determine, you know, what type of tooth it is. <laughs> yeah, that's way beyond our
0: light
1: years, probably. It's so far. <laughs> I know. I'm a dreamer, though. Like I'm sitting. It's really, really sad, Julie. I'll be sitting in the operatory, and me and my doc will be like, "Ah, oh, could you imagine an easier way of doing this? You know, whatever it is." Ie root right. canal, like there's got to be a better way. Like, when is science going to catch up with this? Like, some of the things that we do still seem so archaic. Yep, and it,
0: but it's the only way we can do them for right now until we find out a better way. I mean, it would be nice if we had um, where you said the tooth bud, you can regrow it. If you took out a tooth and you could just put this pellet in, and it would say molar, regrow a molar, <laughs> you drop it in the socket, and it regrows the molar.
1: Oh, You man. know,
0: or that would be nice. Kind of like the temporary kit They slide out and has all the different shades and sizes. Yeah! So you'd pull it out and it has little itty bitty pellets, depending on if it was an anterior, posterior, bicuspid, lateral, incisor, whatever it was, and you just drop it into the socket. Oh, Dude. Just
1: that's like, yeah. that's dentistry 2.1450,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: The year
1: 3000. Designer teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a designer a baby in <laughs> Do you know that guy and got in a lot trouble? Out. The Chinese oh. dentist, or not dentist, the Chinese uh, physician, he engineered those twins. Um, and because he was splicing DNA, he got in trouble because one, one twin didn't end up with any genetic alterations, but the other one is supposed to be um, HIV resistant. But like, instead really? of praising him, like they kicked him out of the hospital, took off his uh, his hospital rights because he was, you know, modifying the human DNA. The DNA. It was very interesting. That's crazy. That's crazy. I was like, he didn't well, do anything negative to him. I mean, he just made, you know, not the superhuman, but just one step closer right. to making us more resistant. Crazy. Crazy,
0: nah. crazy, crazy. Do you have, do a, you post? have a post? Tonight?
1: I have a post. Do you oh, have a
0: post? Yeah. I don't have a post, but I have little words of wisdom today. So, i you do your post and then we'll go from there. All right, ready? Yep.
1: So, I got this one out of Dental Assistants Worldwide Group, and the poster stated How does your practice handle patients who refuse scaling and root planning and insist on having a regular profi? This happens all the time, right? I mean, how many times have you done a comp exam? you get the treatment plan put together and the patient's like, well, I just want a cleaning. Like what, right. I mean, what's your policy? What have you seen over the years that, you know, the, the whole idea so that, of what are your dentists
0: allow? So one thing people have to realize or the assistant has to realize, and maybe they don't is that once that doctor diagnoses them with active periodontitis, disease, we can't just clean their teeth. Because it just moves the bacteria around. We're not removing anything. We're just kind of moving it around. And Let's I'm not stick a on a pig. But this is, <laughs> well, and, and I'm not a hygienist, but this is what I've learned from my very well-hygienist friends that, you know, teach it, seek it, live it, live it, is that we just can't clean their teeth. And we shouldn't clean their teeth because it's doing a, I say, a disservice to them because then we're sending mixed signals. So we diagnose them, and then they say, well, I just want to clean and we go ahead. So it's kind of like I say it as if you people, if the doctor diagnosed you with cancer and said, "Okay, we need to remove the disease and do chemo," okay? The chemo is the cleaning cleaning part, right? They're just the chemo is just going to clean up the disease, but it's really not going to get it gone, okay? But the the removal part of it is the more invasive surgery that you decide after. to. I mean, nobody's just going to say, "Oh my God, yeah." it's it's cancerous just clean it up and i'll hope for the best they're going to do what the doctor says so that's where we have to your doctor has to embrace his own message of why it's important that we just don't clean in people's teeth so our path is if we diagnose perio and you do not want to do it with our office we will refer you out so you have two choices you get it done as long as it's within the hygienist scope of i say comfortability I mean, right. if it's a 10 millimeter pocket, we're definitely going to refer out. But if, if they're comfortable with doing six to, you know, five to six millimeter pockets and so on and so forth and they treat it and they think they'll have good results, then we keep it in-house. Um, but if they don't do it, then we say, okay, well, today this is, you know, we're diagnosing this. We're going to refer you out to a period. When you get your treatment cl- completed there, then you can go and, um, you know, come back and we'll maintain it and so on and so forth. So we give them the choice that either they get the work done here or they go to the specialist. Um, what can happen is people have these people sign these refusal letters and then they just clean their teeth. It won't hold up in the court of law before the court. Why do I say that? Because I know I've been been in that situation where our hygienist to diagnose somebody or well the dentist and the hygienist diagnosed somebody with perio disease he didn't believe them left went to another practice they said oh no you're fine you need just the cleaning they cleaned his teeth he came back said we were unethical and so on and so forth and turned them into the board Ugh. right the guy we did everything right. He never signed a refusal form because we didn't believe in them because they don't hold up. You're, you know, they don't. Yes, the patient can refuse treatment, but they're not going to hold up if you continue to treat them or whatever. At least in New York State. I don't know what other states, but I'm telling you. Um, and you know, we had to submit all our records, all our notes, all our clinical findings, and it had to go through. You know, a couple peers reviewed it, looked at the other practice, comes to find out we were in the right. That other office was in the wrong. Yeah. He had very severe active terio, and they just cleaned his teeth. And they did a disservice to him. And the point is for this is the patient was just looking. They don't like to be responsible for their own neglect, which is sad. But they, he was looking for someone to blame for his own actions. Yeah. And when someone was on his side and saw things his way, he was okay with it. So that's not okay. You have to set your own standards. You have to stick to them. We have people that refuse X-rays. That's not okay. You know, um, especially if they're a high-risk patient and they have, you know, tons of restorative work or, you know, dry mouth. It's not okay for these people to refuse something that's our standard of care. And it's not okay for us to go, okay, well, we'll get you next time or um, sign this refusal form because it's compromising your ethics and your morals. So your doctor should sit down with his team and say, this is how our standard of care is. This is what I believe in. This is what we're going to stick to. Whether or not it's right or wrong, because every dentist is different, right? But that's their standard of care. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, my dentist calls it supervised neglect. If you are willing to treat a patient with a service that isn't what they need, like, how right. how is that good for anybody? Like, You know, it was funny because we, I used to work for a corporate dentist, right? And it was, he was kind of just starting out. So we were just buying practices here and there. And I would go in and revamp the office and turn over all the systems so that it was more of our corporate theme, right? We went into this practice once and Julie, 90% of the patients had active perio. 90% of the patients didn't know they had active perio. So this dentist didn't hire a hygienist. He just did the cleanings himself. And when confronted, because we hired him on and he was working at one of our other practices, he said, I didn't have the heart to tell him. (laughs) I'm like, what are you doing? You know, I didn't say that out loud because, you know, I'm a DA, but I was just, I was shocked that he he honestly thought that he didn't want to hurt their feelings or send the work out. So he would do their cleanings for them when they needed perio treatment. And so many patients ended up losing their teeth because of it.
0: (laughs) Right. And the thing is, is you want to treat, do dentistry. The dentist wants to do dentistry the way they want to do it. So it always has to start from the first time that you're going to be visible. Um, Like on the internet, your website, when they call to make an appointment with the front desk, often patients, new patients, or patients will call and say, I need a cleaning. I just want to come in and get my teeth cleaned. Well, we've never seen you if you're a new patient, right? We don't know what your teeth look like. We don't, you know, we've never met you before, so we don't know if you just need a cleaning. We can't diagnose you over the phone. So they really should set it up from that phone call and the expectations because then you'll get the type of patients that you want in your practice and, and treat them the way you want. That's patients that just don't value what you have to
1: offer. Yeah. You're starting behind the curb Our vernacular at the office is, well, we definitely need to treat you with a comprehensive exam so we can find out what type of cleaning you need. Because just right. in case you don't know, not all cleanings are created equal and every person needs a different type. So we, I'd love to yeah. just, you know, we'll come in, we'll do a comprehensive exam and totally find out what's going on with the teeth and the, the structures and, and the foundation. And, and then we'll see, t- we'll definitely, if we can, get you in for a cleaning that day if that's the type of cleaning that you need. And we have that available, you know, like there's ways around it to where you're not starting behind the curveball ball and not setting up their expectations properly.
0: Right. And if you're the assistant that's transitioned to the front and you're listening and you, you know, um, there's a lot of billing that goes on with Perio that could be done um, accurately and needs to be done accurately is that one thing that happens a lot that I see is that they alternate from a prophy to a perio maintenance. So they do a one, 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 zero. And then the next visit is a forty nine ten, because it gets covered. You can't do that. Okay? Uh, Cause yeah It's sending one mixed signal for the patient that they're a, a patient with normal prophy. And then the next time they're not, they have active perio disease or period that's, that, you know, constant um, or stable, shall I say, um, cannot alternate, you cannot do that. Um it's very un unfrowned un, upon or it's frowned upon, excuse me. Not unfrowned frowned <laughs> upon in the insurance world, even though that just because it works doesn't make it right. Go. All right. So just yeah, you know when you're transitioning you get yourself some good training there's tons of people out there that will help because we want
1: to make sure you're doing it properly yeah, yeah. yep and then and, and don't go back to well that's not how i was told to do it <laughs> Right. it's be your own advocate right like go out and figure out why you're doing what you're doing and the reason you know that it's the right way learn it from the top so that you don't have to worry about that fallback like well, I didn't know. That's the way Betty did it. I, I just thought that's the right way. Like, don't thought. Just do.
0: <laughs> right. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: All right, now it's your turn. That's I can't art. wait. Okay, so mine is about conflict
0: and resolution and how to work better with your doctor. One, you have to have your own voice. You shouldn't feel like you can't tell your doctor anything because it's only going to make you better at your job and at your job duties of what is going on. So you really need to be your own advocate and stand up and ask if you don't know something. So I think, you know, try every day, even at the end of the day, go to your doctor and say, hey, what, how did today go? What kinds are better? Because you really need to open those lines of communication for not only longevity in that practice, but longevity in your career, right? Right. Because you often get frustrated and people get frustrated because they just don't know. They don't know how, you know, what the doctor wants. And the doctor might be a terrible communication, but if you start the pathway, it'll open up a whole different world, don't you think?
1: Oh yeah. Well, I, I almost, when people say you need to be a mind reader, I really think that's wrong. You don't need to be a mind reader. You need to communicate and know why you're doing what you're doing. (laughs) Like it's not reading mind when you're anticipating your dentist needs, because you know why they're doing it. Right. And
0: they can't fault you for wanting to be better. So don't ever think that if you go to your dentist after every procedure, or during a procedure, or you know at the end of the day, and say, "Look, I notice these things are happening between us. How can we be better? How can I be better? What can you help me with? What can I help you with?" That is going to set the tone for a totally different feel between the two of you. And You're going to have a better, stronger relationship. But if he is feeling all this angst, or she, Whatever the doctor is feeling, all this angst that things need to be better, and so are you. But you never communicate it. It's only going to build, 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 and explode until one, they fire you, or two, you quit, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 then you're going to walk away saying, "Oh, that place is terrible to work for." It might not be terrible to work for. It might be a terrible environment because you haven't changed it. So, you know, it's hard. It's not easy to approach your doctor, and sometimes it's intimidating. I mean frankly, because they are the doctor. But I think you just have to just take take it take it and just run with it and just say, look, I need to be better. I want to be better dental assistant. I want you to respect me. I want to respect you and how can we how can we help each other? That's the biggest the biggest thing. I think, you know, I always thank my team at the end of the day for working hard and, you know, how it, how did everything go? Do you need anything? So maybe if could start that, you know, just go to the doctor and say, hey, thanks for doing a great job today. You know, how can we do better next tomorrow? I mean, something simple, the doctor might go, wow, oh, okay, well, I was actually feeling this way, or I was actually feeling this way, but well, we need to do it this way. Yep. you never know, you
1: know. Instead of letting it build, build up. up. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, 100, 100% erupt.
0: <laughs> So, you know, so I think the best thing is try it. Just try it. One time, if you feel like you go through a procedure and it didn't go the exact way you wanted it to go and you could see the doctor was getting frustrated and you were getting frustrated, even though the patient probably doesn't know what's going on, you know, maybe after just write it down and say, go to them and say, look, during patient so-and-so, what can we do better? Because this isn't working for us. We need to find what works for us. So, you might just change the tune or the atmosphere, cut tension with a knife, you know, or, you know, you need to put yourself out there because you are all are amazing, and so are your dentists. But you just need to know how to
1: work better together. Yeah, and right? you know, you, you always hear those dental assistants that are like, you know, my doctor belittles me or embarrasses me in front of patients, or all of these things usually happen as, things. A, as a as a an effect of not communicating properly, right? right. And You're and not demanding the
0: respect. Right, and that's and those are that, those are things you could start with actually. I mean, if your doctor is belittling you in front of a patient, I would, after that patient, go to him and say, you know what? I understand that sometimes things don't go well during the procedure, but you can't talk to me like that in front of a patient. That makes you not only look bad, but makes me even worse. And it just makes us like we're not a team. Yep. And the patient doesn't want to hear enough. And it it the And it's funny story last <laughs> And last week is a true story this happened to me is the doctor came up to me about implants that were ordered wrong. Um, it wasn't our fault. It was the company's fault, but the way his tone was and not by tone, but the way his tone was and the volume that he had that the patient in the hall across from us asked if we could take our conversation somewhere else because he didn't feel it was an appropriate conversation for a hallway. Yeah. That's true and it was it wasn't and i, I should have said okay let's, let's talk about this somewhere else that's my fault instead of saying they ordered him, the, the implant company said it wrong you know i wasn't arguing with him but i also was not you know my tone wasn't as good as it should have been So we should have i should have cut him off and said come here go this way or let's go into your office and talk about it away from the patients hearing that because they come they don't want to hear our, our garbage
1: <laughs> yeah, they're trying to zen out because you know yeah. nobody likes coming to us in the first place, and then when they feel tension, whether it's just in like you know an ambiance right. type thing, I mean, it's it's trans what is it called? Trans, whatever, there's a word for it, trans- transcending trans- like when there's angst, right. angst. transcending angst, <laughs> yeah, and, and they don't, they you
0: know, so it, always be aware of your body language, your tone, and stuff like that, but also start standing up for yourself, because it's never going to get anybody in our, in our profession, and nothing, every doctor's a jerk out there, because they're not, there's easy dentists out there that love all their dental assistants, Finally I believe every dental dentist loves their dental assistants, they just don't understand how to work with them yet, Yeah. so we need to figure that out, and you can be the starter of that conversation, so start the conversation, move it forward, it, it, it could have a really good effect on you. Yeah. effect, effect, whatever the word is. So that's my little knowledge that I think in a couple of forums that, you know, they're frustrated and they want to quit. We don't want you to quit, you know. Just yep. figure out a way. Figure out a solution. So you know, that's a little bit of a fact. A fact. On this hump day of a day. Well, thank you so much,
1: Julie. I think we're just about Uh, out of time. I guess we are. Um, So so, real quick before we pop off, can you go ahead and talk about this new forum that you, you have?
0: Oh, our new forum. So it's an app called fan, which obviously it seems like a group of people. Um, but they have it where you have to ask to join and there's three questions you have to answer. But it's off of any social media, it's very private. Um, and that way we can kind of more not realize because when forums get so large, you really truly really don't know who's in there. And of course us and Dental Business Worldwide, they um really monitor good for it. But when you are in forums have over you know, thousands of people, how often are they really monitored for your safety? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want anybody to get fired for what they post. It's your social media. And I don't care what you want to put on there, that is your right. I mean, don't we have freedom of speech in this world? Um, but if it's a forum for dental assistance and your office manager is in there or your dentist is in there and how do we know if there's fifteen thousand people, right? Um so it's it's a safety issue sometimes and uh, more of like you don't want everything bad happen and then you never can talk to anybody about it. So I want you to have a, another safe zone, you know, uh, Ron as an admin as soon as John joins. He hasn't joined yet, so as soon as he joins, i will make him an admin. John, um, get in there. <laughs> <laughs> get in there, John. But we can have it, you know, even if it's a, you know, question that you just don't want to put out in a public forum. Just know that this is just dental assistance, too, and, and stuff like that, and we can help you. So it's a great little app. Um, I came across it because I'm a ho- hockey mom, and somebody recommended it for our hockey league. And I'm like, oh, I can create this for dental assistance. This is awesome. So it can be public, private, or whatever, but it's definitely private, closed, and you have to enter to get in. So
1: I like it. I like it. I like it. All right, guys. All right. Keep going. Let's other avenues to to talk. We're we're talkers. Let's talk. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Miss Julie. Have a fantastic rest of your hump day, and we will talk to you next week.
0: All right, have a good hump day. Okay, bye guys. Bye. (laughs)
1: Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Midweek Jam with Rhonda and Julie, where we're banding together to ensure that every dental assistant has a better tomorrow than they did today. Don't forget to find your tribe. Dental Assistants Worldwide Group has a safe place for dental assistants to share, connect, grow, and learn. Find Julie Varney on Dental Assistants Rock, the website, or Instagram. And as always, if you guys need to get a hold of the DA Rockstars, we have the Facebook page. You can message through there but I just truly appreciate you letting us help you get over the hump of the week Wednesday.